Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome in to episode 40 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is T.F. Joker. Joker, what's the crack, brother? What's going on? Uh, absolutely nothing, PT. Like, legit, absolutely nothing. I'm kind of excited for a different kind of pay-per-view next week. But uh, as of this week, it has been very subdued. And I, too, have been rather sleepy and just very subdued. So I feel like it's, it's, a, good, it's a good one, though, because, you know, not every week has to be hectic and uh, has to have something going on. And this week is my week for things to just be chill with yourself. Fair enough. Yeah, I've been a little out of it and very tired, sort of kind of just feeling sleepy all day. But, you know, I can understand when you're talking about sort of coming off of a hot pay-per-view like we did with the Elimination Chamber. These, the kind of shows have been, I guess, almost like in a a hurry up and wait because we're getting, we're gearing up for Revolution, which is coming up very quickly. And then, you know, in a month's time, we're gearing up for WrestleMania. So it looks like we're trying to, for both companies, WWE and AEW, find a way to build towards these piece. So we're like, all right, well, we got some TV. We got to space some things out and figure out some segments. And yeah, this week was uh, was not the sort of most exciting uh, for sort of everything involved. But, you know, there were some good spots in there. Yeah, there was some good stuff. Uh, some stuff we're going to get into that you know maybe wasn't so good. Uh, some stuff that maybe people were indifferent to, and then uh, obviously the best segments were you know Dominic Mysterio was on TV, so that was always the highlight of the week. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's it's been all right. It's been not too bad, but like I said, outside of wrestling, my week has just been rather uh, quiet and subdued, which uh, I have. I've actually appreciated apart from the fact that I had to buy a new headset because I took it off the other day and the ear cup things fell off on my head. Like I just took this off and the like little cushiony things, they did not come off. They just stuck to my head and then they fell off. So that's a hundred quid down the uh down the proverbial. So yeah. Well, it's always good when things are a little bit calm. Uh, when it's sort of high paced all the time, it can get very stressful and, and tiring. But sorry to hear about your headphones, but hopefully these ones can last a little bit longer or can sustain for a minute, you know, a little investment. The old proverbial spend money to make money. So hopefully you don't have to spend money further. Well, I'm not going to lie, those last ones put in a great innings. I can't even tell you how long I had them for, but they were comfortable. They put in a great innings. They will be missed. I want the different ones. Fair enough. So hopefully they're in for the long haul like you are listening and or watching with us for the long hauls. So appreciate you. As a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash Council and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at heat. I know it's getting into a little bit of the colder months. We're in February right now, but not that kind of heat. We're talking about heat and getting reactions. So first, we're going to look at the Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman promo from Raw. Then we'll switch gears and look at the MJF Brian Danielson promo from Dynamite. And then we'll round out the episode trying to figure out 
is getting personal. Good heat or bad heat? But coming up first. So as we get into the episode here, when we think about promos and trying to build towards programs and matches, it's the heel's job to make the crowd react. Employing tactics such as insulting the opponent or mocking the local sports team, you'd want the crowd to dislike the heel so much that the crowd cheers for the opponent. Makes sense. However, when the dastardly heel gets personal, when they talk about the opponent's family, their wife, their kids, and it's maybe where fans sometimes draw the line and some think they go too far. Today, we're going to look at heels bringing personal life into promos. Is it good heat or is it bad heat? So first on the docket today, we're going to look at the promo between Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman from Raw. So we're just going to highlight the specifics here. We have Cody in the ring, but he's cut off by Paul Heyman, who's on the Titantron. The wise man has a message for Cody as the weight of his story end is upon him. He cannot beat Roman Reigns. Paul plays out the hypothetical of Rhodes ending Roman's reign. Nice turn of phrase. If he does that, Cody won't have Heyman's counsel to navigate the world. That means Cody will have to do 200 days on the road, plus another 50 doing charity work, then another 30 overseas promoting WWE, add on more to promote PLEs and pay-per-views, and his promotion of house show title defenses. Cody will be home for roughly 60 days a year, and when he is home, he'll be on Zoom calls for WWE. Heyman postulates, is that the life Cody wants? It will be like Dustin Rhodes says about Dusty, even when he'll be home, Dusty wasn't home. Heyman won't say anything crass, like Roman will keep Brandy company, because Roman's a married man, but Paul isn't. Either way, Cody is facing his own personal nightmare. And then we see Cody is riled up, and he takes a moment to compose himself. Cody acknowledges Roman Reigns is the best, but says, don't send this man again, referring to Heyman. Roman may be the greatest WWE Universal Champ of all time, but he has to finish the story and beat Roman in WrestleMania. So as we see here, Heyman. Getting real personal, bringing up Cody's wife, Brandy, their daughter, going real for the gut. Joker, what were your impressions of this particular promo? Skip. Legitimately, that was it. Like, I kind of got to the part with, uh, I, was, I was with Paul Heyman. Let me, let me, let me sort of expound on this. I was with Paul Heyman for a while. And then he was like, but I'm not implying that, you know, he he would try and keep Randy Rhodes company. Like, my guy, you've had some banger promos. 
why are you stooping to the 80s mid-car heel heat? Sort of, I'll keep your wife nice and cozy while you're on the road kind of crap. That's, that's, no. It was disappointing. I just kind of went, so that's where we're going, huh? Okay, cool. Cody, what have you got to say? And he kind of hulks up a bit and then just kind of does his thing and then says, finish the story. I'm like, oh, okay. Hmm. Was this meant to do anything for me, guys? Like, legitimately, it wasn't on a prominent place in the show. It wasn't anything special. This wasn't sort of like, we hear from Cody Rhodes. He comes out and he goes, what do you want to talk about? Or at least he tried to start that, which is kind of becoming a bit funny, to be honest. I'm like, started to get annoying. Not going to lie, Cody. You almost lost me for like a, a point one of a second. And then I was like, actually, this is kind of funny because he makes a joke out of it every time. But um, if if we have to hear, what are you going to talk about? And then, uh, you know, Paul Heyman comes out and goes, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I really want this ever again. It's an interesting notion of Paul, like you said, can cut a promo when he gets in that groove and he can just, he can word paint or kind of paint that picture sometimes and you can, you can see it sometimes. And when he was, it's almost like a tale of two promos in a sense, because the beginning was like, all right, cool. Like, you know, if you do end up conquering Roman, like, you know, you're going to spend all this time stuff extra that folks don't sometimes think about, about being the person, you know, the guy, the, the top, per, you know, the top man, uh, a champion of a, of a federation of a company. So I was like, okay, I'm invested. You know, it's his, he has this thing about maybe an AEW. He didn't want to be champion because his dad was the booker in WCW and trying to put himself over. So like, I totally get that. Him not being home could be a thing. And then they had this little bit of a curveball with like, oh, like, what about your your wife, Brandy? And, you know, it's like, oh, this is a little unusual for Paul. Like, he doesn't habitually kind of go, I guess, sort of a crass uh, sort of route uh, at times. So I was kind of curious, like, okay, I was kind of digging this sort of how it go. And then with this, like I mentioned, this curveball is like, this is different. Like, I, are we just trying to just elicit a reaction for a reaction's sake? You know, in the opening, I mentioned, you know, the heel's job is to get the reaction from the crowd. Totally understandable. There's many ways to do it. But like, was this just sort of low-hanging fruit? I don't know. It I was a little confused about why and kind of how they went this route. Well, I mean, you said it right there. Some people might consider it low-hanging fruit. I consider that fruit already fallen off the tree and rotting by the wayside. Like, it was, there was no need to try and pick that up again. Honestly, it didn't elicit a reaction from me other than to be quite, quite, uh, you know, apparently bored by the entire segment. Um, I skipped ahead and was like, "Is this go on for very much longer?" I'm like, okay, no, it doesn't. So I skipped back and went, "What's the response?" And then you know the Cody response. So I mean, like I said, it it was he was with he had me up until that last little bit, and Paul Heyman's promos typically aren't 
uh, crass. The, the good ones aren't like those, these crass sort of digs to the family. Uh, they're mostly a case of you can't beat the guy that I represent because you're weak and the guy that I represent is really strong and you're bad and he is good even though he's the bad guy and you're the good guy. And this is not a prediction, it's a spoiler, etc. Cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He doesn't really go after anything other than that. So I understand what they're trying to do and the instruction Paul has maybe been given to uh, to try and rile up Cody and get people to side with Cody. I've I've got news for you. People don't hate Cody Rhodes. Like this is not a John Cena at the height of Cena hate nation. Like this is not you pushing Roman Reigns down our throats for the umpteenth time before he organically got over by being a heel years later. Like this is a guy who has popularity and yes he has detractors of course he does every wrestler does i'm sorry but your favorite wrestler is not mine and you dislike my favorite wrestler like it's it's a simple it's a simple thing we cannot like all things from everybody but there's no reason in my personal opinion that he had to go out here and do this kind of crap and that's what it was. It was terrible. Like, I preferred the the promo from the previous week. Like, the attack on, actually the attack on Cody. Where he was talking, you know, whenever they were having the conversation about Dusty and how uh, it was very heartfelt. It got me. There was dust in the room. I had to open the windows and clear that dust out before I started to, you know, to tear up or sneeze or whatever. But there was a bit of dust kicked up in the room by that promo where, you know, Dusty had all these kids down in NXT and they were his favorites. Roman Reigns was one of those kids. Cody wasn't his favorite, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was so good because it linked the two people and it was such a good promo. And then this week we go, I'll keep your wife company while you're on the road. If you win. Ha 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 ha. Well, Mr. Heyman. We know for a fact that the champion doesn't have that kind of schedule if the champion is big enough to not warrant that schedule. Roman Reigns is proof of that. So he still had a he still would have had a really strict schedule if the start of his reign demanded it, but he started his reign in lockdown. Hmm. I don't know. It seemed like his argument started lost weight whenever he allowed us the opportunity to go. Oh, that was really poor taste, actually. And then we thought we thought about the rest of what he said and went, actually, going back on it, if he wins, that's not gonna be his that's not gonna be his schedule. Legit, that's not gonna be his schedule, so I don't know what you're worrying about. Yeah, as you mentioned the nature of Paul Heyman earlier in his career when he was in WCW as a manager and ECW you have these super intense rah-rah fighting against the man type of promos and here it's a little bit different being sort of an advocate we see him with Brock Lesnar and now Roman Reigns where he's sort of the counsel and it's you're you can't do it he's the guy my champion the champion as much as you try type of thing putting his guy over which makes sense 
And you alluded to the previous encounter Heyman and Cody had, which was on the February 6th episode of Raw. So maybe it was the case of we had that followed by the sort of in-between the lead-in or the go-home into the Elimination Chamber where Cody hyped up Sammy. And then we had this particular promo that we were talking about. But a little bit of the context from that Raw promo with Cody and Heyman. Cody just mentions that Paul Heyman given Dusty a call in 2000 to face Steve Carino. He gave him a payday and Dusty's confidence back, a debt which can be repaid to Heyman. And then Heyman responds by telling Cody he, he, know he'll, he doesn't know how Cody will react to that WrestleMania spotlight because no one ever prepared him for it. In the Performance Center, Dusty trained all these stars for this generation, mentioning Seth, Rollins, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Kevin Owens, and he mentions Roman Reigns, of course. But who didn't Dusty train and prep? He didn't train or prep Cody himself. And the last little bit here, in the last conversation Heyman had with Dusty, Heyman, he told Heyman that Cody was his favorite son, but Roman Reigns was the son he always wanted. So, coming off of the heels, at this point it's roughly two weeks ago, but it's semantics at this point. We had two exchanges between Cody and Heyman that brought up some personal stuff. The one on the 6th just talked about his, his family and his relationship with his dad and how he maybe had time for the kids in NXT, which he helped train type of thing, but maybe Cody didn't have that, so it pulled on those heartstrings. This particular one, he just kind of, in the second portion, just went for the gullet with his family, targeted specifically at his wife and kids, maybe just not being there like Dusty was. So maybe it's the nature of we're getting two kind of personal pot shot like promos, relatively close is the kind of thing where maybe kind of like, all right, well, is this now, is this the trajectory that we are on? We're roughly a month, month and change out from WrestleMania. So we got maybe four, maybe five weeks of television left. If this is the route we're going to go, I know Cody likes to make it super underdoggy and he brings up his his personal life, and you know, I'm the champion, I'm the underdog stuff. He did it with AEW. I'm hearkening back and I'm remembering his America versus Britain thing with Anthony Agogo. Really just passionate promo, you know, you know, but it's one of those that's where Cody likes to go. He likes to make you get you in the feels, and that's definitely a way to do it. But it, it we're getting so much personal stuff. Maybe it's a little bit draining. What do you, what are you thinking? A hundred percent. And the less we talk about the America versus Britain thing, the better. But you know, that was this is a dark time. Don't I don't really want to sort of ever go down that route again. Um, it was a bit stupid. Which is which is honestly it's honestly kinda how I feel about this. Like the first personal promo was great. There was emotion tied to it. There was context given. There was links to current present champions. And there was that sort of you're not good enough hammered home because Roman Reigns is the guy. Even your dad knew that. So we come, like, let's just compare the two promos for a second. The first Dusty promo was super good and well received. 
this promo and well received by me let's say okay let me just put that into context for everybody i didn't like it i did okay it was really good this second one i'm gonna keep your wife company right okay put that in the bin let's forget that was ever said and we'll skip the next 10 minutes of tv like legitimately it was awful it wasted the previous five minutes if you compare it to the, the previous one it was not paul Heyman. He is a slime ball heel. Yes, I get that. But this is the slime ball heel that maybe you would have given to uh, a heel Dolph Ziggler. Um, you know, a lady killer. An HBK back in the day. You know, somebody who can back it up. But as far as I see it, like Brandy Rhodes could, you know, kick the keister of Mr. Paul Heyman. No problem. It was not a threat. It was an empty thread. It was so silly. And if you take a if you take a moment to think about it, that's kind of what pops in your head. Yeah, if Brandy's willing to go after Dan Lambert, she might take a shot at Paul Heyman. Oh yeah, no, no, she is going to take hundred percent of the time. She's going to take that shot. Um, and I think she would be all right with that. Like, <laughs> if that's how she gets a match on WWE TV. Home invasion by by Paul Heyman? Yeah, no problem. Let's just have Brandy and uh with a with a baseball bat and uh, defending herself. Easy money. Um so it, it was an empty, stupid thing to end off an all you know, admittedly a mediocre promo. And was I was waiting to see where it would go and then it went straight in the bin in the bin. So yeah, I don't know. If we continue down this personal trajectory of attacking the family you're going to ruin the build for me personally now, i'm already excited to see cody and roman and there's no need for them to build it for me like just maybe give me one in a couple of weeks and then one the week before you know, promo wise maybe give cody a bit of a tuner match before he gets get a win and then, you know, because Roman doesn't need that, so Cody gets a win. We see him going in super strong. Um, you know, nice little nice little uh, contrast to the guy who's, you know, the, the challenger, needs to have a match, champion doesn't. And also the fact that, you know, Cody hasn't really had a match except for that beatdown he put on to uh, uh, Baron Corbin in a suit. So it was. it's one of those things that, I'm not worried by the, the current trajectory because I don't think anybody knows what way it's going. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about the lack of trajectory and just kind of... I'm more worried about what WWE is worried about because that seems to be corrupting their trajectory. I'll agree in the sense that we have this already built-in storyline. Cody returned at the Rumble. He won. He's going to face the world champion at Mania. You have that built-in story. A lot of the stuff and how we build going in is, you know, the little salt and pepper on the steak kind of thing. It's sort of thing. So we don't need to add all these, don't necessarily, shall I say, need to add all these kind of superfluous things. We saw the previous personal promo with Paul, which was well-received by a lot of folks, especially backstage and things of such from what we heard. And this one here with the, like I mentioned, it had me in the first part. I'm like, okay, he's going to be on the road a lot. You know, eventually you can kind of, maybe he's double thinking it. And then we had that pivot point going after his family thing. I'm like, okay, 
like you mentioned, it maybe sounded like, all right, well, this is maybe, uh, this is WWE creative and maybe not so much Paul Heyman sort of directive piece, probably be that as it may. The nature of the trajectory, how we're going to lead in with the next sort of four weeks leading into the match at Mania, like ever, if we're thinking about keep going personal, because Cody, Cody, you know, likes to build the underdog stuff and, you know, it's always good to have an opposition in a promo, but like kind of running out of stuff. We did the Dusty thing. All right, now we went after his wife and kids. Do we bring up Dustin? I, you know, I don't know, like where, what sort of, what's, what's kind of left? But then if we pivot here, then kind of what else do we want to go with, even though there's a story in there? So I'm like, yeah, I'm wondering what's, do we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot a little bit and try to kind of keep doing these things and maybe cool it off a little bit? But either way, folks are interested in the match, and that's really all that matters. So maybe, I don't know, try not to kind of deviate from or potentially spoil it for fans potentially 100 percent. they they have themselves a wonderful opportunity which we mentioned before that they have two very over uh top babyface guys in sammy and cody it's a wonderful problem to have because you have two belts and did you know that one person only needs one belt pt that two belts does not need to be given to to just a one person? Wait, we have two belts? Yeah, yeah, Roman Reigns carries two belts. Well, I suppose Paul Heyman carries two belts. He only has one pair of trousers. He doesn't need two belts. Give one to Cody, give one to Sammy, and then Roman Reigns can go and have a wee bit of a holiday. I don't care. But if you are trying to put all of your eggs in the one basket, it it just kind of seems to me that you're going to try and break some of those as well. Because that promo soured me slightly on them trying to sell the match. It was an unneeded segment. I'm not saying it soured everybody, but I'm sure it soured a couple of people. And then they'll try it again next time, and they'll soar more. And then they'll try it again, and then they'll soar more. And then they'll get to WrestleMania and, and people will be like, yeah, I really like that match, but the build, like, the build kind of went off, off piste here a little bit. Kind of went down a weird route. It didn't follow that really good route that we had. So, I don't know. WWE needs to stop panicking about the good problem they have considering the years of strife under VKM where the main problem was, how do we keep this boat from sinking? Oh, I know, let's have another Street Profits versus Usos match for like the 17 millionth time. Like, okay, cool, but I mean, it's the only match you're having. You know that every single week, right? At least whenever the New Day was doing it, FTR and you know a couple of other, other teams were in there in the mix. So, you know, we had more teams, but you're literally putting two teams on. Now you have this really good problem solve it by letting it solve itself stop trying to put it in the bin yeah it's a really good point the talk about trying to get build stars and and trying to have a lot of people over and like you said it's a good problem to have sammy's been getting super hot you have this guy that fans are really getting behind but then you also have another guy cody that fans are super into and want to succeed as well 
So there's been this notion of it's been kind of the whisper that's been loudly talked about about how the WWE is concerned that the popularity of Sammy might overshadow and kind of suppress a little bit about Cody. So a lot of folks have been kind of reporting on it, but I have a little bit of a quote here from an article about uh, WWE booked Rhodes in that segment, front of the fans in Ottawa, which we just discussed, but his mic time was cut short due to Paul Heyman interrupting him. Has Mir noted that Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio mentioned that WWE had Heyman cut off Rhodes quickly because they were, quote, very concerned about Sammy Chance possibly during the segment. So, if it's the thing of we kind of want to play with the crowd and we know Sammy's popular, but we're worried potentially about even just something as a Sammy chant overshadowing a Cody segment. I don't know about that. It was sort of Cody, you get, you hear the reaction he gets. And you mentioned earlier, some folks are going to like him. Some folks are not, but the guy's over. They even did the face to face the previous week. And I think that quelled some of the potential animosity. He's like, dude, go get it. Go fight Roman, man. You got this. Finish your story. So thought it bought him a lot of goodwill, as we mentioned in a previous episode. But I don't kind of see fans souring on Cody because of Sammy. I think a lot of folks recognize we can have the, the two guys sort of run parallel and be popular. And we're still kind of continuing a story with Sammy. So I think it's fine, honestly. The previous week's promo where, you know, Cody gave him, uh, Cody gave Sammy a bit of a rah-rah was in America. Then we moved to Canada for the SmackDown because the, the pay-per-view was in Canada. Sammy is from Canada. Cody is called the American Nightmare. If you were worried about a guy called the American Nightmare being over in Canada, why would you put that guy in a segment and not the hometown guy? What is your reasoning behind putting a guy that you think might get booed in Canada because people prefer the Canadian? Like, I'm not going to lie. It sounds pretty stupid when you think that these guys run a multi-billion dollar organization and they're like, admittedly, I am terrible at geography, but America is not Canada. Am I correct in that? Okay, good, good, good. So, Cody's not from Canada, but he was still there, obviously promoting the show. And you were worried the Canadian hometown hero was gonna, you know, get get the cheers and, and instead of the American. Don't do the segment next time, you dummies. Like, what is this? Throw L.A. Knight out. He would have called everybody a dummy and it would have went over better than that. Honestly, it was silly. It didn't need to happen. It could have happened the next week in America. And then, you know, if Sammy got chanted, it'd have been freaking hilarious. <laughs> like, you know, I don't understand why they're doing it or why they're worried about this. People love Sammy, people love Cody, and people hate Roman, but people love to hate Roman. There's a lot of really good problems that WWE have 
and Cody being booed out of the building is not one. Yeah, I'll wind down the segment by just kind of reiterating that this is not like 1997 Bret Hart where he's trying to be a bad guy in America and be cheered everywhere else that isn't America. It's fine, like we mentioned. It's, of course, folks from your hometown, your home country are going to cheer the hometown person or the home country person, a la Sammy or a KO. Of course, naturally. But that doesn't mean that they're going to, you know, how the Montreal 97 turn, obviously, and they're going to, whenever Shawn Michaels appears in, in a Canada uh, town or Montreal is going to get booed type of thing, it's not one of the... You know, it's not sort of a situation. And we understand that WWE likes to control as many things as possible. So uh, the notion of a wild card of, uh, oh, we're in Canada, so Cody might not get over. I'd, I think it's a little blown out of proportion. Oh, 100%. I actually have one final comparison is if you ever wondered if Bailey is a heel right now, Go and rewatch the interactions at Clash at the Castle. Bailey is the biggest face to the British fans because they just serenaded her with, Hey, Bailey, will you be my girl for about 10 minutes? And she had a hard time not cracking a smile. And they're like, oh, No, she's a heel. You can't do that. I was like, No, buddy, we love Bailey. You calm yourself down. We're going to sing this song for the next 20 minutes. And Bailey's just like, oh, Guys, I can't stop this. I don't know what to do. So, you're not going to be able to control fans. Stop trying to think you can. But if you want to go the VKM route, stop making up the fans. Stop making up the ring. And maybe don't be so short-sighted as to put that segment on in Canada in the first place. Interesting notion for sure. So, we see Cody and Paul Heyman get a little personal. Sometimes it's received well universally. Sometimes it uh, seems a little out of place, but we have personal sort of promos going forward, possibly. We'll kind of see in the coming weeks. But those were our thoughts on the Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman promo from this week's past episode of Raw. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your thoughts were on this particular promo. All right, coming up to the next topic here. MJF addresses Brian Danielson on Dynamite. So running with the theme we have here of another personal promo. We have uh, MJF coming out. So Brian Danielson is already in the ring as MJF comes out. He mentions here, the only thing I have in this life that I can trust is the Triple B, referring to the Burberry Championship belt that he has. Big Burberry belt, yep. Naturally. And he goes on to mention, not you, Brian. Everybody loves the American dragon, Brian Danielson. MGF continues, and if that wasn't enough, you have something I'll never have. You have a family, and you take that for granted. You want to know why I hate you, dragon. I love that he calls him dragon. It's not just because you think that people... Everyone thinks that you're better than me, MJF, because Lord knows on March 5th, referring to Revolution pay-per-view, they'll know that's not true. He continues, every time you step foot in the ring and you say wrestling is more important than your family, you're spitting in my face because you're taking everything that I'd kill for 
for granted. You're worse than William Regal because you're addicted to the spotlight, and I'm going to punish you for everything you've taken for granted. And he switches here, he pivots, and MJF pretends to talk to Brian's kids at home. He says into the camera, I'm going to make Dada pay for all his selfishness. I'm going to make sure Dada can never play with you again. And old Uncle Max is going to take his fist and hit Dada over and over and over again. And lastly here, Brian can't take it anymore. He hits MJF, and the security officials have to come down to break it up. So again, with the tone here, MJF going for the gullet, talking about this man's family. A little bit in the similarity to how Heyman went after Cody's family. So, Joker, I'll throw it over you to start. What was your impressions or just overall thoughts on MJF's promo to Brian Danielson? Skip. I skipped it. The only reason I watched it is because you wanted to make this comparison, so I had to go back and watch it. Legitimately, I didn't want to, because it bored me. He got 30 seconds in and started saying, nobody loves me, where, where, where. This person left me, I wanted a family, and I was like, okay, go away. Like, MJF, I love you, buddy, but this is, no. So I skipped it. Honestly, that was it. Whenever I went back and watched it, my head and ha- my head was in my hands. I was just rubbing my forehead, going, get to the point. Get to the point. Just really get to the point, my guy. Whenever he threatened the kids is whenever he became an actual heel. He became an actual heel in that moment because up to that point, he was just some rambling idiot on that stage. That's, I am a big fan of MJF. He knows what he's doing. You and I have talked at length about him before and said that he is a really, really good promo. Anybody says that was a good promo from start to finish, they can go and slap themselves in the face because I completely disagree. Vehemently annoyed by the start of this. Yet another promo where Max is trying to get some sort of sympathy vote. And let's not forget, Brian Danielson is a heel because he comes out of the heel tunnel. Like, that's his own admission. Everybody knows he's a big he's a big face. Like everybody loves Brian Danielson. He wants to be a heel. But MJF is the biggest heel in the game. You can hear the vitriol from the commentators all day, every day. Even whenever uh even whenever um Max came out, you had the heel commentator Taz be like, Oh, thank God we don't have to listen to Brian anymore. You know, the actual you gotta respect the champ commentator. But like I really didn't care like oh you you're taking all this for granted no he's not anybody who has paid a little iota of attention to what brian danielson has done knows he has not taken this for granted like oh yeah we've seen him wanting and fighting to come back for this but how what makes you think that he's taking any of it for granted like this man moved companies to be here when he could actually continue wrestling under the strictest guidance that if this happens too many more times, you're dead. Like, there's there's no, you're paralyzed, it's, you're dead. The man knows he is wrestling on borrowed time, but should he then, and would you, Max, car like a little baby? 
would you wimp out or would you fight to take back up what you that what you love? He does have his family, a hundred percent. But wouldn't family try to prop you up and make sure that you continue to want to do what you love? So I was sat here thinking, even whenever I watched it, going, just just be a heel and like attack his family or something. Like say that you're gonna hurt him. Like that's all I want right now. And then he did that. And I was like, okay, cool, we're getting back on track. And then they got into the ring and there was that fight. And I was like, okay, yeah, that, that that's that's what the end goal should have been. But how we got there was nauseating. Longtime listeners and watchers know myself as well as Joker Lee. Joker admitted it that we're fans of MJF and we like his promos. They connect with fans. They get you bought in. At the top of the show, we mentioned that heels are supposed to get heat, the reaction from the crowd, so that they can like the other opponent, in this case, maybe not necessarily a babyface, the slightly lesser heel, in Brian's instance, to enjoy them or get behind them more. So, I don't know, it's one of those things that I was a little conflicted. I thought, you know... Max came out and okay, interesting start and getting super personal and kind of, and then we switched gears to, okay, there's the family thing and type of thing. So I don't know. I There's one of those where they were kind of a little bit like it, but I was kind of, uh, some kind of things threw me off, maybe in line with the sort of Cody and Heyman one we talked about. And to that end, MJF, he has a formula. He has this thing where he'll bring up personal pieces in his life and personal experiences that, like you mentioned, try to get him some sort of sympathy thing when we know he's a heel. He's definitely not a baby face, but he tries to get a little bit of folks sort of on his side thing. I just made a quick note. Uh, CM Punk, he mentions he got bullied on his football team for liking wrestling, and then he goes to a meet and greet to meet Punk, but Punk inspired him to be the best in the world, but Punk left wrestling. So okay, we, I can kind of, I can understand MJF in that instance. We have a William Regal piece. He goes for a tryout with WWE. He doesn't get the job. He reached out to Max. This is Regal, and he tries to get feedback. And ultimately, Regal says you're not good enough, and when you are, you'll be hired. Okay, so all right, I can understand where MJF's coming from. He's you know gets turned down for his job. And then the Brian, the Brian Danielson piece. He has the family. He has the things that MJF wants, but he can't get people close to him. So, you know, he's got a comfort zone where he will acknowledge, all right, well, there's things that I went through, trials and tribulations that got me to where you are. Understandable. Shares that in that you got to garner sympathy. And then I guess you try to have that moment where he tries to sweep the legs out and just go full heel. And I guess in the, the Danielson thing, he's like, all right, family, family thing leads to the uh, the fracas, leads to the kind of fight. So to that end, Max has a formula he likes that he works with, goes a little old school and works to his strength like that. He can work in the ring. He's strong on the mic. I would a thousand percent give him kudos. But here we are in this second notion of bringing a lot of personal life and kind of this kind of blurring the lines a little bit to get that reaction, to get the piece. So I don't know, maybe similar to the Cody and Heyman promo, there were 
kind of parts that I was like in on and there were kind of parts where I was like, eh, I don't know. So that was just kind of my thoughts and reactions to it. So it's it's going to draw some fans in and it's going to maybe get a little bit of a mixed reaction from some. And from others, it's not going to get a reaction at all unless they actually have to go back and watch it because they need to talk about it. There you are. So I don't know. It's one of those deals. I'll give, like I mentioned, my previous point about giving Max his credit and he gets that reaction. Does everyone need to go the personal life, the personal route? I don't know. It's a way to get heat. I don't know. It's, but is it the kind of only thing that kind of that 90s shock jock radio, maybe a little sprinkle of Vince Russo kind of blurring the lines thing? If you want to go that route, you can. Like we mentioned, some folks are into it. Some folks like the the reality portion of it. it works for some. It where it doesn't work for others. But maybe we have all this build up with Brian. He's like, I want to challenge for the AEW championship. He goes through this sort of gauntlet piece to earn the number one rank, and he's defined that, and we're good. So we have that piece. I feel like this promo was a little bit of the salt and pepper onto the stake here, you know, just kind of, we're almost at the go home for the match leading into the, the pay-per-view upcoming in about a week's time. But what I'm driving at here is it's a little different. We have it set. Like there's really only one challenger, one top guy that's going to face a champion. And that's Brian Danielson, as opposed to maybe leading up to the big match the Fed, WWE, has kind of two guys that they were kind of championing, a la Sammy and Cody. So, I don't know. I feel like it's maybe you didn't necessarily need this because it's already set. And this is kind of just reaction for reaction's sake. Yeah, I mean, there's been previous uh, instances, even with the John Moxley stuff, whenever we're leading up to John Moxley, where it really looks like MJF forgets he's a heel and cuts babyface promos. Because every time he talks about how he feels like he's underrated, how he's the underdog, nobody loves him, etc, etc, etc. And it was, there was even talk like, is MJF cutting babyface promos? Is he going babyface? And then he comes out and he acts completely heelish. Like, I get it that uh, AEW is really good at listening to the fans and they cut stuff that the uh, that the fans do not like. Goodbye, Nightmare Collective. Like, we don't like these things, so you cut them 100%. Was that sort of a direction that they they cut as well? Because, like, he was cutting Babyface promos and then immediately went back to being Hale, and it was really jarring, and he's just a jarring character sometimes. Whereas before, he was an ish-eating grin having uh individual that you loved to hate he was the heel guy he was the top of the 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 barrel here you know is the pick of the litter etc whatever you know analogy i want to mess up here it's just he doesn't feel like that anymore he feels like generic bad guy number three and it's down to these weird promos he's not cutting like he's trying to garner sympathy to then stomp on 
the heart of the fans to then you know try and elicit the like, I'm, I'm sorry mjf but everybody loves danielson you already have all the heat you're going to get you cannot stoke that fire any harder because you made him do the trials of danielson now he got there in the end which we all knew he was going to because you were the only one that was going to allow him to do uh uh, uh, allow him a, a title shot. So, what was the point in all this? This promo seemed like maybe it should have been next week on Dynamite, go home, and fish bash bosh would have been would have been grand. Minus the nobody loves me. I've only got triple B. He's he's got a beautiful fiance at home that paints you know absolutely fantastic pictures that I see them on Twitter all the time. Like he's not hurt he's not hurt here. It's a terrible, terrible promo that I was just happy enough to skip until you said we're talking about this. Really? I have to go and watch this? Like, right, okay, fine. One little addendment that uh referring to MGF's fiance. It's not something that we'll probably cover or something that, you know, People's personal lives are personal lives, but there is a lot of talk, uh, whether it's a shoot ski or whether it's a work, that they are no longer together, and they haven't been for a little bit. So maybe him mentioning that nobody loves him and everyone leaves is a worked shoot or a shoot worked or everything like that. You can't sometimes tell with MJF because the man likes to bring up his personal life, and like we mentioned, the guy can cut a promo, but was this particular instance where Am I trying to get a little bit more heat than I have? Like you mentioned, I don't know. It's it's one of those, I'll wind down here by saying again, Joker and I like us an MJF promo, but maybe this one didn't necessarily hit all the marks or wasn't maybe as impactful because he he's just, he's got, he's already got his heat. This was just kind of going maybe a little bit for shock value, but he does, he likes his formula. He tries to, Kind of stick to it, kind of keep in that comfort zone, but it blurs the line. He's not quite like, you know, heel, heel, heel. He's not, obviously, we know he's not a baby face. Does he lean a little bit slightly towards the middle every once in a while, but never goes baby face? Sure, but I don't know. It's one of those, like you said, some folks really enjoyed the promo. You and I had a little bit of a mixed reaction to it. You just didn't care for it. I was kind of sometimes on board, but then kind of the other parts kind of had me leaning or kind of thinking about stuff. So personal lives being brought into promos here. It's up for debate. Kind of wondering. So how does it play out? That notwithstanding, those were our thoughts on MJF and Danielson's promo from AEW Dynamite. Let us know down in the comments section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what your thoughts were. On Danielson and MJF's promo. And to bring things together, we're talking about personal lives in promos and in segments. Is it good heat or is it bad heat? So we'll try to bring it together. Like we talked about this promo with Cody and Heyman, this promo with MJF and Danielson. It brings them together because they're talking about each other's personal lives. Like we mentioned before, as a heel, you want to get that reaction. 
You want to elicit that response. You want to get that heat. You want the people to not like you. You want the crowd to get behind the other person. We shared our thoughts already on personally how, all right, maybe it doesn't always resonate with us specifically, but Joker, I'll throw it over to you. Does it work? Does bringing personal stuff into personal, excuse me, into promos and an angle, does it work generally or does it work for you? It works generally. It does work in a very specific situation. Now, one of the most notable personal situation promos that is currently going on is Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio. That is very high-profile, personal promo work. My dad beat dad this, my dad beat dad that. In prison, I used to shank people, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, Dom... <sighs> I love Dominic Mysterio. I think he's great. He's such good comedic value, and a few weeks ago, months ago, I would have said that he was so bad, but he's really good. With his mix of personal and business, he's really actually getting me to buy into the Dom versus Ray match, which is supposedly going down at uh, Mania. Now, that is an instance of where personal, because we get all these wee vignettes outside as well with the uh, the exclusives and stuff, um, where personal works really well. And that is in a mid-card feud. Let's, let's call it a mid-card feud. Um, for other instances, if it's back in the day when we had the Samoa Joe versus um, AJ Styles match, when Samoa Joe was calling out AJ Styles' wife, that was very, very, very close to almost going over. But I think it was... Samoa Joe's delivery and the fact that he was very sadistic and he was very evil in that role it was threatening the wife and you know insinuating all these bad things that he would do and it was constant it wasn't just this little thing but if you compare that to Paul Heyman's uh, use of personal life Mm, I don't like Paul Heyman's because we just saw that man windmill swinging KO's back and not doing anything. And then he was stood there in a neck brace and were meant to take this man seriously that he would keep anybody's wife warm. No. It missed the mark and it was stupid. Let's go back to MJF's promo. Again, the same, the whole scene with uh, with the personal stuff that 100% has worked for him in the past. And I think it worked more prominently with CM Punk because that was the first time that we saw this happen. Now, with the, uh, with the William Regal stuff, it sort of built up to a point of, well, he had a lot of heroes. He had a lot of dreams. He had, a, you know, he did want to, this is, Compounding on the CM Punk stuff, you know, he wanted that 
Now, whether or not he and his fiance are no longer together, I don't care. I'm not watching Desperate Housewives. I'm not watching, you know, whatever serialized drama on romance. Joker doesn't love love, okay? Joker doesn't care for love on his wrestling. Joker doesn't care about your love, okay? Joker wants to watch funny stories play out between guys in their underwear. <laughs> like, it's funny. It's wrestling and it's sports entertainment. But if you come onto my screen saying, nobody loves me, all I've got's my big Burberry belt, and like, I'm going to skip 10 minutes and see if I get to the end of this promo. And I did. So I didn't go back. Like, it didn't get what it wanted out of me personally, because I already knew what was going on with the, the trials of Danielson, essentially. And the only thing that was really good with MJF was whenever him and Takeshita were sort of feuding while Danielson was off completing his side quest to get the main quest. Takeshita was like, well, I'll take over your main quest just for now so that you don't lose your save point and then you can come back and take it back later on. It's like, you know, that was some good stuff. And it wasn't like personal level, when, 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 nobody loves me, you know, etc etc crap i don't care stop it i don't need to hear how your life is terrible you're the champion of aew you make a lot of money if nobody loves you buy that love how much of a concept do i need to point out that that is a such a heelish thing to do and it would make so much sense and yet you're sat here going oh yeah, yeah no, no, she left me and now i'm all alone and like it's like woody harrelson me Ryan and dabbing off his tears with the big wads of money. Like, nobody cares. No one knows what it's like to be the <laughs> bad man. I mean, so in that instance, did, that, did his promo work? No. In previous instances, yes. Because I knew he was working for a dream. And now he's coming out going, you're spitting all over that because you have a family and I'm just jealous of your family. I'm like, no. So that one didn't work for me. That little whatever it was. It didn't get heat from me because I wanted to skip it. The, the other one as well, the Paul Heyman one, didn't get its desired effect from me because I didn't care for it either. Like, if I enjoy something, I'm like, oh yeah, that was such a good, that was such a good MJF from me. That's good hate. That's me excited about it. It's like, oh no, you shouldn't have said that and this, that, and the other. I was bad hate. I'm like, I'm bored enough to skip this. No hate. I think for me to answer the question, does it work? The simple answer is yes. If you're going to attack the, the fan favorite or, in Brian's case, a lesser heel, if you're, if you're going to sort of go that route, yeah, it can, it can elicit that reaction for sure. I think it's one of those where Cody through AEW and now into WWE is carrying it on, likes to bring up his family with the Dusty thing. He's mentioned his family before. He likes to get personal. MJF, of course, like we've mentioned and a lot of folks are aware, likes to go that personal route to, is it going to garner a little bit of people on his side type of thing? Is it going to try to take the knees out of his, of his opponent? Okay, the two at varying degrees it can. You mentioned there that 
both of these guys, like you said, like to go that route. Is it, is the bloom coming off the rose? Is it diminishing returns? Is it scraping the barrel? Is it having less effect, possibly, in some fans' minds because we've gone that route before? Joker? I would agree, yeah. You've went to the well one too many times in, in the whole in the whole kind of retrospect of wrestling. Whenever you try a move over and over and over again, your opponent counters it and it's less successful. Like we see that all the time. So if you're trying this on the fans, which your promo is supposed to elicit emotion from, we're gonna get less and less interested in it. And I just feel like yes, you have a tried and tested method. Why are you trying to elicit a different emotion from us to try and get sympathy to be like, oh, you know, you you take this for granted. And it's like, oh, I really don't understand where he was coming from. I don't understand why he thought that this would be a good starting point. Um, And to me, it just was, yeah, the bloom coming off the rose, going to the well one too many times, insert insert analogy, metaphor, you know, whatever you want here, ow, uh, just punch the table. But, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of look at this and go, <clears throat> did it get anything from me? Other than my fabricated crowd reaction, which is, you know, the booze and stuff. But I saw an awful lot of people just kind of going, eh in the crowd as well. Like it wasn't like resounding booze. And there was was even people going, yes, yes, yes. Whenever MJF called for it, but not the entire crowd. Like I don't know. It was not good. I think that's a fair point. For me, the notion, like the simple answer of does this stuff work? Yes. Like we mentioned, it can elicit that reaction. I think it's one of those for me it comes down to the varieties of spice of life. Seeing Cody just talk about his his dad and his family, and that's something that he he'll just talk about because it's his legacy and that's where he comes from, and that's that's a way for him to align with the fans. MJF a little bit here too as well. He talks about his personal experiences and 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 tough coming up, and it tries to resonate with the fans to get that response. Maybe a little bit of aligning, or maybe sometimes it gets the heat. And, and that works for him. He gets the response. I think for me is I would be open to seeing something a little different. I know, like I said, Cody goes the personal route. MJF goes the personal route. Maybe it's because we've heard these things before. It doesn't resonate. We're not getting that. Oh, he said this or that huge kind of pop when we want to like finish the sentence. Oh my goodness. I can't believe he said that type of thing. Because we've done this before, it's not going to hit as hard. So I'd be open to the promo from MJF, perhaps the interaction he has with Danielson this week leading into the pay-per-view, and then the build-up with Cody and Roman. Maybe we'll see a little bit different. We already have the story. We have Cody winning the Rumble. Folks are, in, are stoked to see him face Roman at Mania. Folks really want to see Danielson face MJF in this Iron Man one-hour match, so folks are invested. Agreed, it's the little bit of salt and pepper on the steak. You got the folks hooked. It's You maybe don't need 
to take the shots, or if you want to get personal, pick and choose your spots to do so, I guess then it would work, it would resound or resonate better. 100%. It definitely needs to have um, a little bit of guidance as to what needs to be worked on um, instead of you need to generate uh, you need to generate this emotion, say anything. Like, in times of desperation, people just go the personal route whenever it's not their forte. Uh, whenever you're told, just do something. Oh, yo mama joke. Like, the it's, it's the yo mama joke is is funny, but it's always the lowest of the low hanging fruit. So you know it's one of those things that you kind of look at it as was this a last ditch effort, um, and was this something that really could have been avoided until the week before? Timing is like you said has to be about this sort of thing. We could have waited until another week for these promos. Um, you know, Cody out of Canada and MJF the week before Revolution, it would have made more sense. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Fair point. So we'll bring it on home. Joker, one final question as we wind down the segment. Is getting personal good heat or bad heat? What are your, what are your personal thoughts? No hate. Literally no hate. If you want to get personal and it doesn't make sense, you get a skip from me. If you're Dom Mysterio, you get a I'm turning up the volume and I might watch that segment two or three more times. Just because it's funny. Like that is that is stupid personal stuff. But if you're going this family or nobody loves me and like even the um Mustafa Ali stuff with him doing his sort of why can't I win and all this here was so boring. And then he was like turned into the heel where he's now it. I didn't win. Cause I smiled. I smiled and then I won or whatever it was. He said he's turning into a fantastic heel. So, you know, it can work well and you will get good heat out of it. But if you are, not used to doing it or it doesn't fit your character for me no hate at all i skip your segment for me it's context and timing if it works for the story and it kind of a little bit to your notion of it can work for a character then i say it's good heat otherwise it can fall flat and it's bad heat but you know reaction for the sake of reaction interesting route but i don't know i I'm already invested, and this piece of the Cody's and the and the MJF, just these two guys that we analyzed this week, it's more the same, so it wasn't anything I'm going to be like super stoked about. I'm already invested in the matches, but when I, when I sort of see the same rigmarole, or the same almost kind of formula-esque, or picking from it, I, it doesn't maybe resonate as it should with me so maybe because those guys change it up slightly or change it up a little bit so it's fresh or if we can come back to it later it's like oh man then it hits but heat for the sake of heat maybe not so much but if it lands and it hits right hot dang is a good heat ultimately those were our thoughts on 
Is it good heat or is it bad heat? Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your thoughts are on getting personal. Is it good heat or is it bad heat? All right, coming up to quick hits for some of the newer listeners and watchers. Quick hits are little segments that happened throughout the week that we really enjoyed and we wanted to highlight here that we may not have gotten an opportunity to speak about in a full-fledged topic, but we wanted to mention because we enjoyed it, those sort of pop the boys segments. I have one for this week and it comes from Friday Night Smackdown. This was the segment from Jimmy trying to connect with his brother. So, on this past week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown, we see Jimmy arrive at the arena, and he's worried as he has not heard from his twin brother, Jay. Despite reaching out and telling Jay that whatever he needs, he can get it off his chest, that Jay can look him in the face and tell him, man to man. Later on, we see backstage, Jimmy is concerned with this whole situation with Sammy has maybe got Jay confused. Paul Heyman comes over to sit with the lads in between Solo and Jimmy, and he says if that's the case, maybe Solo should stay in the back while Jimmy handles this uso to uso personally. Later on in SmackDown, see Jimmy make his entrance and gets on the mic. He says from brother to brother, he knows Jay is hurting. When Jay hurts, Jimmy hurts. They just wanted to tell Jay he'll always be there for him. Jimmy knows there's always been issues, and everything has been crazy as of late. They've had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owen problems, and he knows Jay has issues with the tribal chief, but he can't do this alone without his brother Jay. All of a sudden, Sami Zayn jumps the barricade and gets into the ring. Sami mentions he's not there to fight, and he knows Jimmy is there to talk to Jay. Sami would like to talk to Jay as well. Right now, Sammy's here to talk to Jimmy. Every time Jimmy uses the word brother, it breaks Sammy's heart. Because they were like brothers. They were dogs. And Jimmy had his back from day one. When Jay didn't trust Sammy, when Paul Heyman shoved him aside, Jimmy was there for him. Jimmy actually made Sammy the honorary oos. And without Jimmy, there's no Sammy Uso. There's no feeling oozy. And at the Royal Rumble, Jimmy didn't even think twice before taking him down. And that really hurt Sammy. Jimmy fumes at Sammy before calling him selfish for trying to blame it on Jimmy. Jimmy says Sammy had to make a choice. Sammy had the chair. Sammy pulled the trigger. Sammy stepped on him and he stepped on Jay. But what was Jimmy supposed to do? Sammy made that choice. Jimmy had, he did what he had to do because that's what family do. Sammy fires back saying, family doesn't test your loyalty every week or jump through hoops just to prove something. They don't manipulate you every week. All of a sudden, Jay Uso appears in the crowd. Sammy makes his pitch to Jimmy, trying to offer him a way out of this manipulation. And as Sammy glances over at Jay in the crowd, Jimmy takes the opportunity to jump Sammy. Jay makes his way down to ringside area, and that's when Zayn wakes up and hits a halluva kick on Jimmy. Solo Sokoa subsequently comes to the ringside area, and Sammy runs 
way through the crowd and looking right as Jay gets to the barricade, and the two of them share a look. Ultimately, Solo and Jimmy stand together in the ring while Jay and Sammy look pensive over what is coming next. So besides the fact that this is just more bloodline, I really enjoyed it because this is, this is Jimmy. Jimmy hasn't gotten a whole ton of time in the story of the bloodline piece where he is conflicted and he's trying to get his brother back. This is a new layer and element for Jimmy. And the piece here, it's almost like a mirror spot because previously Sammy went to Jay and said, hey, you don't have to go down with the ship. There's a way out for you. You cannot be manipulated like you are. And Jay responded, passively, shall we say. Now, Sammy tries it with Jimmy and gets a completely different response. Maybe not the one he wholeheartedly thought he was going to get, but man, we see this sort of mirrored image. And if you look into a mirror as a twin, you see your brother. So I thought it was really kind of like a nice symmetry piece, which I was like, man, this is a little subtle, but man, it's hitting on so many, so many levels. I had a little bit of a different interpretation as well. The fact that Jimmy was the one who made Sammy Uso, who made him the honorary use, Jimmy felt the most betrayed. Because he was the one who was on terms with Sammy from the very beginning, who knew Sammy, who was friends with Sammy, who loved Sammy like a brother. And Sammy knew Jimmy's feelings. He trusts family implicitly. There's no questions. He just does it. He does it blindly and he does it without question to his detriment, as us observers can tell, like 100%. But I feel like whenever we look back at the section of the Royal Rumble where this happened, Jimmy was the one who had emotion. Jay just stood there, stoic, and then started to rage and anger. But Jimmy was upset. And then he took action. Because that's that's what they do. He took action because he could. And he had to protect his family. Because he wasn't about to maybe let Jay or Solo be hit with a chair next. You know, that was going through his head. That's his point of view in the story. And I love that. I love the fact that we have a brother who earned Sammy's trust. And is conflicted because he knows Sammy's right. And we have a brother who always had his trust and was heartbroken by the betrayal because of his implicit love for his family. And now he feels like he's not defending the bloodline. He's attacking Sammy because Sammy has already attacked him in his heart. It's beautiful. I love it. Jimmy's getting more screen time because he did get the screen time at the start. And now then it went to the J part and then come back to the Jimmy part. I love the Usos. I love this storyline. And it was so beautiful to see. And yeah, 100% is such a good, good, good segment. I brought up the nature of sort of a mirror or mirror spot. You have these twins where if you look in the mirror, you're going to see your brother. But on the other side of the mirror, they're different and they're different people and they're not exactly the same. And I think you put it so eloquently that. One of them earned the trust of one brother and one was there and, and accepted. 
So, and you have these kind of diametrically opposed relationships with this guy, which eventually he became one of them, but then it just, all these circumstances came to a head. So really fantastic. And ultimately you see there's no, it's not black and white. There's no, this guy's the good guy. This guy's the bad guy. They have all these mixed feelings and there's no, you can sympathize and align with any of these guys. And that's the wonderful storytelling part of it is that you can just, you can see it and you can be like, oh man, it's just, I, I can understand everyone's point of view. And it's what is so great about this story. Um, you know, the, the cut shots of them walking down hallways be damned. I really don't care. If you feel like this is uh, to sports entertainment, why are you watching the sports entertainment channel? It's fun. That's what wrestling sports entertainment should be. If it's not fun, you turn it off. Agreed. We can have a little bit of sports. We can have a little entertainment. That's why it's called sports entertainment. But thank you for letting me share. This one it was just really, really good. May not have been like a huge kind of kind of segment, but man, it just, if, if you've been kind of following along with the story, you know that this was a, this was a really kind of important interaction to kind of Sammy had it with Jay and now he had it with Jimmy and maybe it didn't go exactly the way he thought, but you can see the difference between the two brothers as Joker eloquently mentioned. Those were our quick hit from this week. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know if you had a quick hit, or you enjoyed something from this week in professional wrestling. All right, that about wraps it up for us, Joker. Interesting topic here, man. This was deep, but uh, this was a fun one for sure. Yeah, this is a topic that um, yeah, I wasn't 100% sure was, uh, was going to incite the amount of discussion that it did, but, you know... It was uh, it was still interesting, definitely uh, different from our uh, generally positive reviews that we we kind of have. Like, I, I believe like my personal philosophy is we're here for the stories. That's why we exist. We're not about to dissect the you know the uh, the grappling holds, the maneuvers, the the intricacies of the mat. There are other channels from that. We like to dissect the stories and. Uh, the uh, the abilities of the ladies and gentlemen on the mics as well as in the ring, the stories they tell us. I just thought that this was uh, actually surprisingly interesting. Um, that, uh, that, yeah, we never really discuss what hate means. Agreed. A little bit different take on an episode or a little topic than maybe we would normally cover, but... For the most part, we're not one to sort of go after, I hate going back to the term low-hanging fruit, but we're not sort of grabbing controversial segments or trying to go for sort of the, maybe the most fascinating or kind of explicit topics. But yeah, if for the folks that listen to us a little bit more regularly, we know that we try to look, we'll, we'll analyze, we'll dissect. Joker and I might agree, we might sort of disagree, but we're never trying to go at one another. We might have a disagreements, but we're always trying to, I will, you know, if this wasn't good, okay, what was maybe like 
something decent to come out of it. And what, what can we take away? We're not going to be wholeheartedly negative. We're going to try to see a little bit of the, of the whole picture and maybe the good out of it. And at the end of the day, like we said, we may not have agreed on what is good heat or bad heat, but I felt like I learned a little bit more from your point of view as well that I maybe didn't realize at the beginning of this topic. And hopefully we don't get a little heat ski from everyone listening or watching. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Eh, all heat is good heat at the end of the day. If you're getting heat, you're doing your job. If people want to disagree with me, we've started a dialogue, then fantastic. If not, I generated no heat, which is skippable. Well, we figured out through this discussion that you want to get that reaction. So maybe any heat is good heat. If the folks are paying attention and they're commenting and they're reacting, then you're doing something right. All right. So we're going to wind down here. Appreciate everybody. Like I said, listening and watching. Appreciate it, everybody. For sure. Let us know if you thoughts on if it's good heat or bad heat. But for TF Joker, don't skip. Fair enough. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time and letting us be a part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we will catch you next time. Peace.